Having a race car driver on my podcast was a dream from a long time and I couldn't have believed that it was going to come true so soon. But here we are. Brett Suggs is a 19-year-old professional race driver currently racing in the Southeast Super Truck Series. Brett has logged thousands of laps behind the wheels of 13 different race cars over the past 15 years. He has accumulated countless amounts of wins and four championships across three different race cars. Brett has had the honor of working with many wonderful organizations such as the NASCAR Foundation for over eight years and the living legends of auto racing Daytona Beach. We have tried to break down his journey with racing trucks, winning championships and his future plans with racing on this episode of Shift with Motor Drift. Welcome, Brett. Glad to have you on the podcast, bro. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So... My first question for you is, when did this racing career of yours start? At what age did this all started? I began racing when I was four and a half, probably around the age of five. Um, I looked up to my older sister. She had done it for years with my dad. Um, so I, I was kind of just like next in line. Um, so it was super, super early age, around four. So basically racing ran through your whole family. Yep, pretty much. Yep. So your father has raced as well raced yeah he raced um a little bit not not a whole lot mm. um mainly just helping my sister just with her racing and then she went off to actually when she went off to college is right when i started racing so that's kind of how the timing worked with that okay so they have left racing and you are still yep. continuing it exactly um so what's the car culture at the place you live in you know like are there any f1 lemons or super truck series fans um for super truck fans i mean i'm so i'm in north carolina the series mm. itself is based out of north carolina uh but it travels out of a bunch of different states in the united states probably four or five different um different states different racetracks um but in terms of north carolina itself uh that's kind of the center for all racing in at least the country um so there's like Anywhere you go, I mean, especially my hometown is Mooresville, North Carolina. You can go pretty much any road and, and there's someone who's worked in racing or is a racing fan. So it's pretty neat to have that environment around me. Great to hear that, man. So where did you see your first race and can you describe the experience? My first race? Um, well, when I was probably like, eight months old i was at daytona national speedway um for their middle of the year july race i don't really remember it i i know i was there but uh i'm sure that first sniff of racing fuel is what really got me involved um but the first one i can actually remember again comes from daytona because i mean i when i lived in florida i was at daytona many times a year um and I believe Dale Jr. won, and he was my favorite driver growing up. So that was always pretty neat to watch him park it in victory lane. Damn, man. Eight months. You weren't <laughs> even a year old, and you had yep. already watched your first race. That's right. <laughs> Damn. So can you explain to the audience a bit about the Southeast Super Truck Series for those who don't know about it? Right. So it's... Um, the best way to put it is if you're familiar with a late model, uh, which is like a purpose-built race car, it's a jig built. And that's basically what the truck is. It's a late model just with a truck body on it. 
Um, for for horsepower, we're, we're carrying a 604 crate motor. It's one of the basic Chevy motors. Um, not a whole lot of upgrades you can do to it. We run pretty stock, which keeps it affordable. Um, and then we run on Hoosier tires and quick change rear end for the gear and uh, two-speed transmission. So um, pretty pretty standard as a race car, but it's definitely not like a, a, a car right off the street. I mean, it's definitely purpose-built for racing. Um, so it, it gets around pretty good. So what are the, you know, like the power and the torque figures that these trucks typically run? In terms of horsepower range, I believe this, now, like I said, this motor is relatively stock. I believe it's mm. pushing around uh, 400, 400 horsepower, mm. probably 350 to 400. And what is the weight of the truck typically? Weight? Uh, 28, uh, 2,850 pounds. That's how mm. we go. So that's our minimum weight. So relatively light as compared to the typical trucks in the market. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what are the typical uh, acceleration figures that you can expect from these trucks? Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah. So what are the typical acceleration figures that uh, one can expect from these type of trucks? Um, I mean, we've got full power steering. It, it drives like actually very well uh, with very wide tires. I think the tires are like 26 inches or 30 inches wide. I mean, they're the, the race purpose race tires from Hoosier. Um, so in terms of like lap times and speed wise, I mean, we're, we're getting around the track relatively quick and we don't really look at miles per hour or that sort of thing, kilometers or anything, but uh, we've had people use like a radar gun and see like down the straightaway of one track, we're going around 90 to hundred. Um, and you, and then you got to think like, well, you slow way down for the corner. So, um, just carrying that much speed in the corner and then having to get on the brakes, full, uh, front and rear brake calipers and rotors and all that. Um, so it's, you're, you're slowing down in a hurry, but, uh, the braking package is always pretty good to help you get through the turns. Mm. And anyways, since, uh, the purpose of these trucks is to go around the tracks, top speed isn't one of the things that matters the most. That's what I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So what, uh, like, what other type of trucks that you typically race in? You know, like, are those special trucks or just road-going trucks that have been stepped out and made for racing? Um, those are pretty much purpose-built race trucks. Um, mm -hmm. I know across the nation, they have different types of truck series. Some are like Chevy S10, like straight off the road that were converted into race cars, but um, pretty much every truck we race against in our series is, uh, well, actually every truck is purpose-built straight from a from the tubing machined and welded together. That's the chassis just straight up for racing specifically. Okay. So see, electrification is on its way to make engines as small as possible. So has it affected the trucks you race? Like have the engine got smaller or are they the same old American V8s? Pretty much the same, uh, same old motor. I mean, it's a V8, mm. uh, eight cylinder. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a crate motor. So what mm. that means is it's literally out of a box, like mm. on a pallet. Mm. You just, you just dress it up with the flywheel and all that good stuff, the belts and stuff, pulleys, um, and put it in the truck. So it's not a whole lot done to it. Sizing wise hasn't 
really changed much throughout the year. It's pretty standard of a motor, um, but definitely like in, I know different race series, they, they have different motor packages, but ours has been pretty consistent past few years. Okay, so you don't see the engines going smaller in size for a couple of years now. Right, yeah. So for how long do you think these trucks will be able to continue with such big engines? Because ultimately, either the, either the engine will get smaller or they will have to switch to an alternate fuel. And the former option seems to be more realistic. I'm not sure. That's a, that's a great discussion to talk about. I don't know the future for racing in terms of um, alternative fuels. And now I know there's some uh, professional series that are running electric, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know necessarily for a shorter, uh, more of a localized racing series rather than on a national level. I don't know exactly how um, they're planning for the future. I mean, I'm sure there's ways in which they're trying to incorporate um what'll what'll produce less emissions and whatnot mm. um but at least for i'd say for the next five years or so we're probably going to stay at the same 604 crate motor base um, and then we'll see just as the future as time evolves we'll see what changes after that because mm -hmm. uh you know, like manufacturers like Ford and all are just planning to go electric as soon as possible. I recently heard that uh, from 2028 onwards, Mustang will uh, no longer be powered with a gas engine. And that literally hit me hard. I was like, dude, Mustang right. with, with not a V8, I can't, exp I can't imagine that. Exactly. You got to hear that American muscle, that horsepower underneath it. <laughs> yeah. When I hear Mustang, I hear a V8. And the... And when Ford decided to just let go of that weird, I was like, dude, like at least give it a consideration for about 10 to 15 years more. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So on a safety level, how much is uh, safety prioritized in these races? Like what are the specific measures you take as a driver while racing? We take safety pretty considerably. Um, I mean, with the speeds that we're mm -hmm. going and, um, these tracks don't have like NASCAR has safer barriers around other walls. We don't, we just have a concrete wall. So you really got to be protecting the car. Um, so full on, actually, I don't have my gear with me in my room, but I have it in my car cause I was at the racetrack mm -hmm. this past weekend. Um, but full on helmet, five point harness, uh, Hans device, full one piece suit, um, full containment seat. That's, that's huge. That's super important with the, you have like the halo beside you. Um, mm. So if your head gets banged around a little bit, you're protected there. Um, full on, you know, fire extinguisher system, um, just in the event. I mean, we, we never hope that's going to happen, but just always better to be prepared and have it than, uh, you know, than to not have it. But um, we take a lot of, a lot of precautions and, and make sure everything's up to date. And within usually like a two to three year limit is, on most safety equipment um that's kind of as far back as you want to go for the safety equipment because then it starts to lose its effectiveness mm -hmm. um so we just make sure we keep everything up to date so what is the typical you know like the time period with which these regulations get revised the safety regulations and the racing regulations is there a time period for um, not so much not so much for that um I mean, I, I couldn't really put a number on that. There's mm -hmm. not a huge time period associated with it. 
Hmm. And what are the conditions you experience when you are racing? Like, is the temperature inside the truck too hot or similar conditions? Yeah, it does get pretty challenging, um, especially when we have relatively long races around 75 to 100 laps can last well over an hour in some cases. Uh, so it's, it gets very, very hot in there. I don't have, some drivers have connected their helmet, like a AC unit or some sort of fan blowing on them. I personally don't have that. We just, we haven't done it. Um, but it does get, it does get pretty hot in there. I usually have a, a drink with me just for under caution flag or something. If I can take a sip, if I have time. Um, but and then another another factor is just having the strength and the endurance to be able to hang on for such a long race. And um, last season, like I, through time and through practice, you get stronger and able to withstand mm. these long races. But um, definitely in the off season, I've been going to the gym a whole lot, just mm. making sure I'm physically prepared to uh, take on the next race. Yeah. So basically, you are following that uh, quote, like sweat more in practice and bleed more in work. Bleed less and right, yeah, exactly. Great man. So, what's the best motorsports according to you from an audience point of view? Is it F1, is it uh, Le Mans, or is it NASCAR? From your point of view, um, from my point of view, I would say NASCAR, um, and that's only because that's what I've grown up in now. Mm -hmm. I've tried to watch F1, and I think it's very interesting. There's a lot of factors that I don't understand about it. Uh, but I think from outside looking in, if you're brand new into motorsports and you're trying to watch any of those three racing, I think NASCAR is the easiest to pick up on. There's not a whole lot of um, things you need to understand. But with F1, like I, I just I haven't been able to comprehend a lot of the things they do and and just how they display things. It just seems uh, difficult, but it's it's certainly a huge sport. I mean, a lot of people love F1 and. I'm sure I would love it even more if I got into it um, as more of a fan and really understood everything that it takes to to put on one of those races. But um, just from what I've grown up in, NASCAR has kind of been my direction. Yeah, man, FIA regulations like sometimes can really confuse a newbie if someone is just entering into the world of motorsports as a fan. FIA regulations right. can mess up with your head for a long time. And I've personally yeah. been... Uh, a part of it so yeah right. okay. so uh, i heard that in 2012 dodge left nascar so why did dodge left nascar it might have just been uh, a partnership issue i mean they might not have been seeing the return worth of their investment mm. so it could have been along it could have been a number of things but it could have been along those lines just not really uh seeing the benefit of being in the sport any longer and and choosing to go with the alternative route now, sometimes in there's the three top series of NASCAR. So say the Xfinity series, which is the second level, every now and then you'll see an underfunded team running a Dodge car, but it's not based off like a partnership with Dodge. It's just, that's, um, that's like the body style they had, but not too sure why Dodge officially left the sport. I know they were in for quite some time and I always thought the cars looked pretty sharp, but, that's just my opinion. Hmm. Well, don't you think that there should be more manufacturers racing in NASCAR than just the current three, like Ford, Chevy, and Toyota? I think so. I, I think 
maybe by the time in 2022 when they start running this next generation race car, uh, we might, I mean, there's talks, there's rumors, but we might see uh, a new manufacturer come on the scene, whether it's Honda or Acura or, or something along those lines, just someone different than what we're used to seeing. I think that would be pretty cool. Americans versus Japanese is still continuing in NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> what are the ways you think that NASCAR can get more viewership? You know, because NASCAR's viewership is like nowhere close to that of F1, but the organization can definitely try to raise it a bit. So what are the measures that they can take, according to you? Right. I think a lot of what they've been doing this past year has been great. I mean, they've they've been branding this year as the best season ever and i use quotes because they've like every commercial they've had they've called it the best season ever which in the consumer's mind that's like oh this sounds like it's something super great something that i want to start watching and get involved in um but just so how they're how they're trying to position themselves and incorporate a lot of fan interaction they i think every single race they have um an opportunity to win money if you guess the correct finishing order of drivers so just fun little ways to to really get fan interaction and get them involved. And um, if you're brand new to to watching NASCAR and you see like, oh, I have the chance to win twenty five thousand dollars, that's something pretty cool. So I want to take part in that. Um, so just kind of like a motivation factor from that point can probably attract some more fans. Just if I was new, I know I would be attracted to it from that. Because, you know, I have seen uh, fans calling out NASCAR like, dude, it's your fifth best of the season here. It's the fifth right. time we are seeing the tagline, best best ever, best ever. When is it going exactly. to be the best ever? Right. It's yeah. been a pretty pretty crazy season with different winners in the top series, different winners in the cup series every single week. And we just saw yesterday with the dirt race, actually, um, another new winner for the year. So it's... I'd say it's actually been a better season as compared to the past few years. It's been pretty good. So what's the dream manufacturer you want to race for in NASCAR? I like Chevy. Um, I like Team Hendrick, Hendrick Motorsports, the drivers, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Bowman. Uh, just I'm a fan of Hendrick. And uh, if they always run Chevy, they have for... I think since they were incorporated years ago, if I could race for a Chevy team, that's just the direction I would go. Um, but then again, it all depends. I'm not, I'm not too picky. Like say a, a Ford manufacturer wants to mm. support me. I'm not going to turn that down in any way, shape or form. Uh, but it would, it would be pretty sweet driving in a Chevy. I wish your dream comes true soon, man. Thank so you. Brett, thank you. When did you uh, when did you win your first championship and how did it feel? First championship, I believe that was 2012, um, when I had lived in Florida at the time. Um, it was it was pretty incredible. I mean, a lot of hard work work goes into any championship, no matter who the competition is or or any other factor. So um, it was pretty neat to get that championship, and and then we followed it up with. 2013 and 2014 going three times in a row with the championship and that kind of just sealed the deal like we've we've got to figure it out uh we're doing something right and just seeing our our hard work and having results to show for it that was pretty humbling mm -hmm. 
so Brett, what is what are the type of tracks you typically race in? You know, like are there more straights or are they full of just corners? Uh, there's, I mean, the straightaways are much longer than the corners. It, it just depends on what track we go to. We race in ovals, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people think the kind of racing we do is just driving around in circles, but it's definitely not. I mean, there's a whole lot uh, more complications than just going around in a circle. You know, you're, you're having to consider braking and not locking up the brakes. That's a big thing. Um, which you see a lot of times in road racing is brake lock up and wheel hop. Um, but a lot longer straightaways than we do have corners, which makes it uh, that much more difficult to get on the brake and control the car in the corner and, and finding speed because there's so many different lines you can run around a racetrack, but mm. finding the best spot to have the most speed, it's, it's always a challenge, but uh, just through practice, again, it, it just takes some time to get used to and, Ultimately, you know, once you hit that perfect line, it's like now you know to do that every single lap, you know. So how many laps did it took you to, you know, like just to get a taste of the track that, okay, this is how should I drive on this track? Um, for me, it's, it probably takes about 30 laps, which isn't that long of a time, um, just because I've been racing for such a long time now, um, upwards of 15 years but just, I mean, there was tracks we went to last year that it was my first time going to, but just turning those practice laps and, and seeing, doing a lot of observing too, seeing where other drivers are racing and seeing if I can use what I see and apply it to my own driving um, helps kind of speed up the process of the learning curve and just figuring it out in general. So uh, it doesn't take a whole lot of time, just just coming from experience, but for someone new, it, it might take them a little bit longer because they just don't know um, the adaptability factor just to get used to different uh, environments of racetrack. So, Brad, how long do you plan to keep on racing in this Super Truck Series? Um, I'd love to race in it for another year or two, but uh, just depends on where funding is, you know, the marketing partners and all the sponsors involved uh, struggling to get the funding for this year that we need to, but still working hard and still trying to meet the partnerships and, and get what we can. But uh, I would, I would see myself like say we had all the funding and all the, all the money in the world to go racing. I would see running the truck for one more year and then moving on into something else after that. Uh, but but then again, it, it just depends where the money is and and what we can afford to race in. So, you know, like what is the process of uh, the racing? Like, how do you get sponsors and how do you like ultimately the race results in? Like, where do you get the funding and all from? Um, the funding can come in pretty much any way, shape, or form. It can come from just making a relationship and building a relationship with a business and then turning that relationship into now, how can I help you as the business kind of reach a new audience through race fans? Um, it can be from family, which I haven't had. I mean, my family isn't a huge racing background. We just like my dad and sister, as I mentioned earlier, they did it kind of for fun when my sister was younger, but I don't have grandparents or aunts and uncles who been involved in racing so kind of being a first generation race car driver makes it a little bit harder to uh, succeed when 
you don't have that kind of support, but um, just just going out and connecting with people, networking and and meeting a lot of people is kind of the best way to get partners. And I've met a whole lot of people and I've talked to a lot of people as well, but just still, unfortunately, struggling to get the partners we need. No worries, man. I trust you will get your partners soon. Thank you. And what are you eyeing next after the Southeast Super Truck Series when you are in, when you are just done with Southeast? What are you eyeing next? I would, I would see possibly going into the Cars Tour, which is a late model division that races in the Southeast as well. Uh, but that is one of the top uh, rate, short track race series around. Uh, between they have super late models and uh, a little lower class, which is the late model stock, but still between both series, they're they're very competitive. Uh, definitely a lot of a lot of money being tossed around in those series because there's so many big names in there. Dale Jr. has a race team that races in the late model series, um, so that would be kind of the next goal after the super truck, but. Uh, that would once again depend on money, but that's where I could see going following the super truck series. Mm. Now, since you have logged thousands of laps behind the wheel, what would be your advice to a young enthusiast who plans on getting into your field? So for someone just kind of entering into racing, um, just being receptive to all kinds of advice and keeping your eyes and ears wide open to learning and listening and, and seeing what someone before you has done and kind of learning from them. I mean, everybody, when they're new, they, they think, Oh, I can do this. This is really easy, but it just really takes being observant and being not just a race car driver, but being a smart race car driver and um, doing as much learning as you can preparation and ultimately preparing you for when you're in a situation where, if you were just getting out there for your first time, you wouldn't know what to do. But since you've done a lot of observing and learning, you might be able to adapt to it better. It's ultimately when you step in the car on the racetrack is when you exactly get to know that, okay, this is where I stand and this is the level on which I want to get to. Exactly. Right. So have you ever given a thought of to of racing in formula three, formula two, and then eventually formula one, have you ever given a thought to that? Um, I've, I've known some people that ran formula three. I never really considered it for myself. I would definitely, uh, not pass up the opportunity to run in it. Mm. Uh, I like, I like road courses a lot. I think that would be, uh, fun going around those circuits, but the open wheel side of things, I've, I've never really r ran much of that. Um, so I haven't taken a whole lot of consideration into it. And what's your ultimate dream in this world of racing you know like what's that ultimate point you want to race at in motorsports the ultimate goal and and you'll hear this from many drivers mm. in the united states would be to make it to nascar i mean that's that is the top level of motorsports in the country so if i can make it to nascar and whether that's the the lowest series which is the truck that's the third mm. premier series or xfinity or cup really any of those i'd i'd be honored to race in i mean cup is like the absolute top so if i could get there that would be huge but just being involved in nascar and in any of the three series would be pretty impressive and what's the top series of nascar 
It's the NASCAR Cup Series. So finally, Brett, do you have any parting words for the audience? Yeah, just, I mean, if you're looking to get into racing, just uh, always keep your eyes wide open, you know, search out any opportunity that may come your way. Um, make as many friends as possible because you never know when years later down the road, you might need something. And, and there's a long time in the past, the old friend that you made that might be able to help you. And they just, you might not realize it, but people are always watching. And I've learned that through years of racing that people always have their eyes, uh, looking at what you're doing, whether you believe it or not. So, um, just being aware of, of what you've got going on and always kind of maintaining that professional, the professional look and being appealing to others. Um, and not even just as a race car driver, but just as a person in general, um, just, just staying positive and optimistic and, and keep fighting for the next thing you can get to. That's pretty much, uh, my advice that I'd give to the audience out there. Thank you, man, for doing this, man. I really wanted to have you as a guest for from a long time, like since I saw your profile. And I was like, dude, I have to get him on the podcast. I appreciate it. And thanks for reaching out. I mean, it's like I said, the networking, um, just connecting with people, that's always great. And for anyone out there in the audience who wants to check out a little bit of uh, virtual racing, I do. You can check out Facebook dot, well, fb.gg slash Brett Suggs Racing or just search Brett Suggs Racing on Facebook. Uh, I stream virtual racing uh, on the side of my real racing, but I stream virtual racing about five times a week. Uh, so I'm pretty busy with that. Um, I will link it in the description below. No worries. Perfect. Sounds great, man. So all the best to you, man, for all your future endeavors and races, man. I trust we will do a longer episode in the future. Thank you very much. You take care. Thank you, man. Bye for Bye-bye. now.